I give to you the Black Panther. The world's top critics are raving. Tell me who's gonna save me from myself. I am ready. Rolling Stone calls Black Panther an exhilarating triumph on every level. How much more are you hiding? It's revolutionary. You've never seen anything like it in your life. This ends today. Black Panther, rated PG-13, February 16th. Hey everyone, this is Rico, and you're listening to another episode of Treks and Sci-Fi, your weekly, monthly, yearly, all the time, daily, geeky, <laughs> uh, dose of geeky goodness. Anyway, today is March 4th, yes, it's already in March, and March 4th, 2018, podcast 673, it's been a while since... I feel like I always say it's been a while, but this time it's it's really true. Uh, I'm going to cover um, an older Star Trek episode, actually from uh, Enterprise, uh, called uh, Cogenitor, because uh, Star Trek Discovery is done. Uh, so uh, it's time to get back to looking at some older classic uh, Trek episodes and things like that. Talk a little bit about Black Panther, because I haven't had a chance to talk about that since I saw it. The... Um, that was the little trailer TV spot that I played at the beginning, uh, which was probably pretty obvious. Talk about that. Uh, talk about a couple other things. The Academy Awards are on later tonight. Uh, I'll give you my completely uneducated, un <laughs> uninformed opinion about that a little bit and, and, and a bunch more. So, um, hey, let's get into it. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Treks in Sci-Fi podcast. Scotty, beat me up. Fascinating. Stand by to receive our transmission. All right, again, welcome to the show, everyone. This is Rico, your host for Treks and Sci-Fi this week. Thank you for downloading, listening, uh, streaming, however you're getting uh, your podcast fixes these days. Fix I, fix, fixes, fixes, fix. I guess you don't need to say fixes, right? Fix. Um, but um, yeah, I'm back. Uh, thanks to Sean last week uh, from Rusted Robot, uh, from the Rusted Robot podcast for looking at that uh, cult classic film, Cherry 2000. Uh, man, you know, we don't make movies like that anymore. Uh, did we think they were kind of schlocky when they came out? I, I will tell you that as someone who's gone to the theater a very long time uh, and, and saw some of these movies uh, way back when, I will tell you that, yes, we, they were kind of schlocky at the time to us. Uh, you know, there's special effects and scripts and stories and and and, and acting and, and everything that goes into a movie. Yeah, maybe there was a little bit more, a slight more acceptance back then because we didn't have anything like, a, say, like a Black Panther movie and, and the money that can be spent and the, the technology to do what they do. But uh, but yeah, it, 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 it was noticeable. I mean, when you think about it, I, I mean, I still feel like even... The original Star Wars film from, you know, almost, uh, what are we at, 41 years now? Um, 
1977, uh, it still holds up very well. Part of the reason for that is, you know, computer-controlled uh, effects and things were, were, were starting out, and, and they were able to do some pretty good 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 effects in that movie at a reasonable enough level that they still hold up. I mean, they've cleaned them up over the years. They've added to that movie. Of course, everybody knows about that, George Lucas and everything. But, um, but it's still... Uh, you know, I think part of it is just the the, the story is, is is frankly kind of simple. Uh, the the acting and and the characters are great. We all love them, but uh, I don't know how I'm bringing that as a comparison to Cherry Two Thousand. But but you know, I do enjoy watching those movies. They're they're fun. They're they're, they're goofy. It, it's kind of like that old Beastmaster movie with Mark Singer. Uh, they're they're just they're just fun to watch. And not everything needs to be. Uh, super serious or super uh, um, spectacular and, and $200 million. So let's segue uh, from that. I, I'm going to give you a, a little bit of my viewpoint on, on Black Panther. I won't spoil anything. It's been out now for, I guess, three weeks already. This movie, I, I didn't actually see it opening weekend. Uh, they're just, I mean, the tickets were hard to get, frankly. And uh I was kind of picky about where I wanted to see it. There's a new huge IMAX theater near my house that I uh, saw The Last Jedi in, and I've been trying to see movies in that theater. But um, I saw it about middle of the week after it came out, so like you know, only four or five days after it came out. Um, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it a lot. I, I, th- this movie had an amazing amount of like good press, goodwill, uh, hype going into it and and I've I've said many many times on the podcast I don't really I don't listen to that a lot I don't listen to it on if they're saying a movie is crap I'll, I'll go see a movie if I want to see it if it was something I was planning on seeing even if people are saying oh it's not very good all the way up the other end where the uh you know a movie oh it's the best movie ever you know best movie ever uh, well, I'll go, you know, I, I was planning on seeing Black Panther, of course. It's a Marvel movie. I'm a comic book nerd buff. I've read Marvel comics since I was uh, a teenager. And, it, you know, they um, Marvel has always been my favorite. Uh, I mean, I've gotten more into DC over the years. Uh, and, and actually, currently in the Mar- Marvel or currently in the comic book world, I would say Marvel is kind of actually a little bit weaker to me in, in their comics these days than than DC and you know, or independence. Uh, Mar- Marvel's just kind of messed around with their properties a lot. Uh, they've messed around with Spider-Man, the X-Men, uh, especially those two. Fantastic Four is kind of messed up, and a lot of it has to do with the movie crossover and licensing and, and things. But for anyway, getting back to Black Panther though, um, it's not a character that I've ever really gone out of my way. Um, to, to uh, read about. I mean, he would show up in other comics. I don't think I ever have read uh, maybe a couple of a couple of issues, but um, of of a Black Panther comic on its own. But uh, but yeah, the the movie was good. It was really good. I enjoyed it a lot. It, it's it's. I was I told somebody after I saw it that um, to me it's it's maybe the most non comic book like. Um, uh, uh, Marvel comic comic studios movie that they've put out. It, I mean, there's. It, I was reading somebody else, or not reading, uh, listening to another podcast about it. People talking about it on the podcast. They really enjoyed it too. Uh, but they made this point out of saying, you know, Black Panther. I mean, he he's he's in it. He's in it a lot. But as the Black Panther, maybe not even that much. But it's not. Um, 
it's it's not a traditional I think comic book film where there's a lot of big fights and there's there's plenty of action you can see that in the previews and there's plenty of things going on but there's a much more I think serious tone to this movie the supporting cast is as important uh, as Black Panther they're they're very well defined and laid out I, I think that that helps tremendously the 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 villain is is it's he's a I was going to say he's a good bad guy, but he's a, he's a solid actor. Uh, 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 has a good story behind what he does, and I think it's it's worthy and, and all that. He's a little fanatical, but he's a bad guy, right? So, but anyway, uh, yeah, I I liked it a lot. Now I will caution or or say something like it isn't like by far anywhere near the, the in the top tiers of my Marvel comic book film you know, things. I, I see these movies because I've read comics a long time. So I, there, I have a certain affinity for certain characters. So, you know, characters like Spider-Man, characters like the X-Men, uh, you know, characters like Captain America, Iron Man, you know, th- those Thor even, you know, well, definitely Thor, actually. I thought Thor Ragnarok was fantastic. Um, so so when, so what I'm saying is, is a movie with those characters already has a built-in edge for me. Um, than, a, like, for example, a Black Panther movie. But it was great. They did a good job with it. It's probably a movie that will appeal to the non-comic book fans uh, even more than some of these other comic book movies that they've put out. So, uh, yeah, definitely check it out. Definitely go see it uh, in the theaters. Uh, it, it's it's really beautiful. It, it's certainly well done. Uh, great, great story, scripts, cast, all that stuff. Um, I'm really happy that they did a good, good job here because... Uh, well, it's Marvel, and, I, and I'm happy when they do well, and and I'm happy because this leads us kind of into Avengers of Infinity War, which just got moved up uh, a week to the end of April. Uh, April, I think, 27th now. It was coming out on May 4th or so, uh, and now they've pushed it up a week. Um, and I, as I think I've commented on before, part of that is May is a terrible or ridiculously big movie heavy month we were going to have avengers you know it's kind of now there i mean april 27th is just a few days from may and then uh now three weeks away for from avengers i think opening then we have deadpool 2 and then i think a week or even less than a week later maybe a week later we get the uh, han solo movie so (laughs) it's like i you know they're gonna just be may we're gonna get pretty much everything i mean we have the next jurassic park movie in in june there's a wasp ant-man movie in july which looks like a lot of fun you know so there's plenty of other things that will be coming out to see at the theater over the summer of course but but as far as these monster movies like this i mean deadpool avengers uh the han solo movie uh those movies are going to just make you know a lot of money uh i i they're it's just going to be ridiculous, and uh, you're going to have to basically go see them when they come out, because there's another one going to be out a couple of weeks after that. So uh, I kind of wish they would stagger them out a little bit. You know, I, I I do. I've said it many times. I do like the fact we're getting a Star Wars movie in the early summer or spring, late spring, early summer, whatever you want to call it. I, I I still have a fondness for having Star Wars films in that time frame. I mean, I've gotten used to having them at Christmas time. Uh, but, uh, I, I, being in Michigan is frankly, I'm, I'm a little biased because I prefer to go to the movies when it's nice outside. Uh, even though it seems weird, you go to the movies, then you're inside, but 
trust me, just sometimes on, on a Michigan, uh, you know, cold winter night, going to the movies is 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 not that much fun in, in twenty degree weather. So, uh, but all right. Uh, so I talked about Black Panther. Talked uh, talked about um, uh, you know what I wanted to cover there. I think in the movies. Oh. Yeah, let's segue. Uh, what are we, 10, 11 minutes in? Let's switch over to talking about the Academy Awards. What I really wanted to talk about is I, I finally saw, um, just recently, I finally saw The uh, the Shape of Water, uh, which um, which is actually nominated for Best Picture. It's, it's a nerd kind of geeky movie, uh, which is unusual to be a, a nominated for Best, Best Picture. I mean, it's basically a love story between a woman. You see this in the previews between a a woman who can't speak uh, and, and uh, you know the creature from the Black Lagoon, frankly, played by Doug Jones, uh, who plays Saru on Star Trek Discovery. So um, it, it's a it's a bit surprising to me that's in the Best Picture category. And not only that, uh, there are some uh, things Entertainment Weekly and other sources that are naming it as a pretty good um, uh, pretty good chance to win Best Picture. So I'm like, and I don't, I've also said this on the podcast in in years past, I'm not, you know, the Oscars, Academy Awards, typically the movies that get um, put up there for Best Picture and Director and Best Actor, those are not usually uh, uh, our kinds of films, right? They're not usually the Star Wars movies, Star Trek movies, comic book movies. I mean, has there ever been a comic book movie um, in Best Picture? You know, this is about as close as I think we've gotten. Uh, maybe I'm forgetting something. I, I don't know. I mean, Star Wars was, I think, not. Yeah, the original Star Wars was uh, nominated for the Best Picture category. I mean, they 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 could not ignore it. Again, I, people who didn't live in that time uh, or or don't um, don't know. I mean, that 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 movie. There has never been a, a movie that had the kind of like just public. Uh, whatever you want to call it, attention gestalt. That movie was still playing months and months later. It got re-released multiple times. No movie since then. Movies have made a lot of money since then, but they don't spend months and months making it. That movie had people going back months and months later to see it again. Uh, so they couldn't ignore it. The, the Academy Awards could not ignore. Uh, and Star Wars, the original, did win some awards. It did not win Best Picture. But... Um, Anyway, uh, so with all that said, uh, yeah, The Shape of Water, uh, th- this kind of uh, story set in, I guess it's the 50s. They don't ever really say. I mean, it's it's either early, early 60s or, or, or late 50s. I guess you could kind of uh, pick the era out um, based on some things that happened in the movie. There are some references to um, the space program. Uh, there's, there's, um, there are a few other references to different things anyway. Um, but it doesn't matter in that kind of, uh, era. And, uh, it's basically about a, um, a laboratory that gets a, you know, this amphibious man creature and, you know, have him kind of locked up and, uh, and this cleaning woman, uh, sort of befriends him. And, uh, and it's, and like I said, it's kind of a love story and, uh, it's, 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 uh, it was not quite what I expected. I really did enjoy it a lot. Guillermo del Toro is the director. Uh, I love pretty much all the stuff he's ever done, um, except for that TV series, The Strain. <laughs> I just that movie or that TV series I just couldn't handle after about the first season, uh, which is which is saying a lot for me. But um, but yeah, this movie is really good. I 
I really, though, don't think it's going to win Best Picture. I will be happy if it does. I will be a little surprised because I, I will be happy because I think maybe that will allow them to start recognizing recognizing these kinds of films more. I mean, they're they're talking about Guillermo del Toro uh, winning Best Director, uh, but the Best Picture and Best Director thing don't always coincide. So, uh, and it's about the only film I wanted to see Dunkirk. I haven't seen it yet. Uh, there's a couple of others in Best Picture that look interesting to me that I will see at some point in time. But uh, but anyway, um, we'll see what happens uh, tonight. I think it's Jimmy Kimmel hosting again, who I, I do enjoy. I, I like his style. He's pretty relaxed, and, uh, and, and I like his attitudes and his... Um, you know, I just like the what he does these days. I, I'm, a, I'm a, I wasn't always a big fan of Jimmy Kimmel, but I've come around on that a bit. Um, so yeah, the the Shape of Water, go see it. I, I definitely think anyone listening to this podcast would enjoy it, uh, and you you should check it out. There, I think the movie though, one thing to keep in mind is, um, I believe it's rated R. I mean, there's some nudity and stuff in this movie. Um, so um, just you know, mentioning that for the parents out there. Um, it's probably not a movie for little kids by any means. So, uh, so there you go. Um, I feel like I'm umming a lot today. <laughs> Been a long time since I did a solo, uh, classic style show with, uh, talking about, um, Star Trek and other things. Uh, it's, it's, it's the last couple of weeks, Sunday nights have been kind of lonely with no, uh, new Star Trek discovery. And I, I guess I could say they are starting to work on it. Um, the new season it's supposed to start filming next month. Um, it's been fairly, let's say, official, unofficial, uh, officially, slightly, you know, not quite completely official, but it's looking pretty likely. We won't see, we won't see it coming back until 2019, probably early 2019. Uh, it's, it's probably, you know, probably going to be like maybe a mid, hopefully a mid season next, next TV season where they'll bring it back. Um, the, there was a story out there recently that said something like, uh, uh, the soonest would be 2019. And I'm like, well, what do you mean? There's no way in the world it would wait till 2020. I mean, are you kidding? We'd be talking like two years, um, between seasons. I, I think that's absurd. Uh, they need to, I mean, for one, this, I would have to look back when it got officially renewed. It got renewed after about the first three or four episodes, maybe a month in. And when did it start? September. So by October, it was renewed. Of course, they probably didn't want to start up on season two then um, for a couple of reasons. I mean, we were getting close to the holidays here and they probably wouldn't typically. But but now waiting all the way till April, I mean, they could have probably started in January or so, uh, bringing, you know, getting filming going again, but, um, for whatever reason, I mean, it might be the cast and their availability. And I don't know how this works on a series like this these days, you know, how much those cast members have to commit, um, to, to their availability, what, how that all works or were they signed for multiple years at the beginning? That hasn't, I have not read that anywhere. It's quite possible. I mean, I would think some of the main leads like Sonequa Martin Green, um, probably would have been signed for multiple seasons it would have been smart i think it would have been ridiculous would ridiculous for them to think they were only going to do a year of this show almost no matter how it did they they certainly they spent a lot of money getting it going and and they're they're they wouldn't it would have had to have been a total flop uh for them to not come back 
and even then I I would have doubted that they would have not at least done another season, maybe two. So uh, I think Star Trek Discovery will continue for a while. I think it will. I think we're going to get a, a, a good run of it. Uh, I, I hope that they can get themselves into a better pattern for that. Uh, I mean, if they look at season two and it comes together well, these guys should pretty much know, like, they're going to do another season before practically episode, you know, season two, episode one airs. So, so that's, they got to keep, keep these things going a little bit better. So, all right, um, 20 minutes in. Yeah, let's get into the Star Trek episode. I think I've blathered on enough. I mean, there's a lot of other TV going on. I'm watching Altered Carbon still on Netflix, working my way slowly through that series. Jessica Jones season two comes very soon. Oh, the other thing I wanted to mention, if you guys haven't heard, it's been posted up on the Treks in Sci-Fi Facebook group, but Lost in Space, uh, that that reboot that got talked about a couple of years ago, two, three years ago, the whole talk started, uh, maybe four. Uh, it's been a long time coming. Uh, it was bounced around a little bit. Anyway, Netflix has it. Uh, they Their season, uh, season one is starting in April, uh, and they're going to drop all episodes. I think it's about mid-April where it gets all dropped on Netflix. I don't know how many episodes there are for season one. I want to say there's maybe 10 or 12. I don't think it's a lot, uh, but I'm super excited for that. And it's got, got a great cast. Uh, so uh, we will see what they do with that. Uh, they have a little teaser trailer out there you can find on YouTube uh, for the show. And it uh, looks like they're staying fairly true to the adventure, um, like the early Lost in Space was. You know, not goofy silliness, uh, but but pretty advent. And you know, the basically uh, the family Robinson, Swiss family Robinson, but in outer space, which is what the show was about uh, at the beginning. So I, I was, you know, Star Trek and the original Star Trek reruns and Lost in Space reruns for me. Where I grew up on that stuff, so I'm really excited to see a new Lost in Space show. So, all right. Let us now get into Star Trek, um, Star Trek Enterprise. Uh, this is from, I think it's a season two episode. I'll look up and look it up here in a second. Uh, I'm going to play the episode, uh, comment along with it as it plays for you. This is an episode called uh, Cogenitor, and uh, here we go. It's losing mass at an extraordinary rate. How long before it goes supernova? A hundred years, maybe two. Too bad we won't be around. It's gonna be one hell of an explosion. Speak for yourself, I might very well be around. Can't forget Vulcan longevity, Captain. A hundred years from now? How old would that make you? No Earth ship has ever been within 10 light years. Hey, of maybe T'Pol's around when Star Trek Discovery is going on. Maybe. How much farther can we move in? Our whole temperature is approaching 1100 degrees. It would be unsafe to get any closer. And we'll have to run our scans from here. Tell Astrometrics to get going. I'm sure they're jabbing at the bit. We may not be able to get any closer, but someone else has. You found a ship? Bearing 261 Mark IV. It must be at least 20,000 kilometers farther in than we are. Let's see her. Recognize it? No. Hail them. The interference is pretty heavy, sir. Then try audio. This is Captain Archer of the Starship Enterprise. I assume you've detected us. Captain Drenick, where have you traveled from? The Sol system. And you? We come from a system called Visia, more than 25 light years from here. 
We saw you arrive yesterday. I assume you're here to study the hypergiant. My species has never seen one up close. It is quite a sight. Have you measured its rate of nucleosynthesis? I'm afraid we haven't developed the technology to do that. If you don't mind eliminating the development stage, I'd be more than happy to help you modify your sensors. Hey, it's a Thank nice you. alien for a change. What do you know about I'm that? I'm not sure we have anything to offer you in return. You could invite us to visit your ship. Meeting new species is one of our primary goals. It's one of ours as well. We'd be honored to have you join us for dinner. We'll be there within the hour. I look forward to it. It'll be nice to have a first contact where no one's thinking about charging weapons. Hmm. Tell Chef we're going to have some visitors. I agree with Trip. It is a nice change. It's been a long road. All right, let's turn down the uh, Jen and Angela theme song here. <laughs> it's been a long time. My time is fine. I think it's still okay. All right, so, uh, yeah, Cogenitor. I thought this was a good one to cover. I think this is uh, one of the better uh, second season episodes of Enterprise. It's towards the end of the second season. It's episode 22 of season two, uh, and it first aired on April 30th, 2003. So, wow, almost 15 years ago. That's hard to believe. Considering Enterprise until Discovery came along was, you know, the most recent Trek show. It was written by uh, Rick Berman and Bronan Braga. Uh, so, you know, two very uh, uh, guys have been around Trek a long time at that stage. And this is directed by LeVar Burton. So uh, basically it's about a species that has the, the, the people they're going to talk to here, the Visians. Uh, they have three genders. Uh, and that's that's the pretty much the crux of the whole show uh the third gender the cogenitors which is the name is the uh third uh gender trinesium can withstand temperatures up to eighteen thousand degrees we've been using it to construct our hulls for over a century <sighs> we must be able to get down into the photosphere of most g-type stars we can get even deeper with our stratopod. It's got twice the shielding. This is uh, Andreas Katasalas. Flying into stars. He was, of course, on Babylon 5, uh, and he plays Drenik, uh, What's important probably the main guest of this explorers. episode. We have gone farther than any other humans. You might enjoy going even farther. I'm taking the stratopod into the hydrogen layer tomorrow. I'd be pleased to have you join me. I am an explorer. This is called vanilla, and this is chocolate. Give it a try. So Trip is in oh, um, no, wait. in the mess hall this. with a couple Why? of uh, female Vissians. No, you just do. A human tradition? Exactly. So he's showing these uh, two me? girls ah, um, like Lee, a ice cream this kind of Donna, dish. And Velo is a tactical officer. Very pleased to meet you. Why don't you sit down? The captain did ask us to mangle. Indeed. I was just speaking with their chief engineer and his wife. Maybe you should say hello. See you later. <laughs> I'm told you're the chief engineer. Commander Tucker. Lieutenant Reed pointed you out. 
Please sit down. Thank you. So Trip is sitting at this table with three people. This is my wife, Kala. I'm glad you invited us here. Are you enjoying your food? Oh, very much. I hope you get the chance to sample our food. It's more fragrant than yours. I look forward to it. I'd also like to get a peek at your engine room. By all means. Trip Tucker, welcome aboard. Hello. It has no name. It's our cogenitor. Cogenitor. We're hoping to have a baby. Ah. So there's our this third person at the table that isn't got I any food in front of her. She's got her eyes cast down. Sure thing. Trip tries to shake her hand. She kind of like isn't used to it. This should do it. So you've heard of these cogenitors? Not all species are limited to two sexes. <laughs> in fact, I uh, have it on good authority that the Rigelians have four. Or uh, was it five? So you're saying that this man or woman or whatever is a third sex? That's exactly what I'm saying. And she, it, is part of the impregnation process? Precisely. I'm pretty familiar with how it works with two sexes, but... Multigender techniques aren't always the same. But in this case, I imagine the cogenitor provides an enzyme which facilitates conception. What do you mean by provides? Well, first the female has to... No, 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 don't tell me. <laughs> I don't think I want to know. Trip's like, uh, oh, it's okay, uh, I don't really need to know all the, all the how it works. I have pictures. Uh, I think I'll yeah. pass. <laughs> so how long is this going to last? I might want to stay there for a while. It should protect you from Omicron radiation for about uh, 12 years. That should be enough. Thanks, Doc. Yeah, so Keep Trip just mind, got injected. Commander, hmm? you came on this mission to meet other species, no matter how many genders they may have. Of course, the hard thing and the thing about this episode is this third gender is, is really treated poorly, you know. And maybe that's their society, but dial this down a little bit there are more things in heaven and earth than are dreamt of in your philosophy so now Drenick and Archer Where'd aboard his that? little small uh, Hamlet, probe one, ship scene five. your communications officer was kind enough to provide us with some of your literature I assumed you approved <laughs> absolutely but I didn't think you'd be quoting it the next day we retain most of what we read and you obviously read pretty quickly after I finished Shakespeare last night, I began reading the plays of Sophocles. What do you recommend after that? Seems like you're picking the good ones all by yourself. That's got to be ionized hydrogen. It's generating magnetic currents. I've got friends back at home who are not going to believe this. I have friends who will be equally impressed with Macbeth. We're almost into the chromosphere. So it's pretty impressive that this, this can actually withstand, you know, being that close before. to a star. So you don't need magnetic confinement. Let me bring up the schematics. Yeah, so Trip's over on their ship now, we looking come at from the engine Earth? room, obviously. There are only two genders. That's true of most worlds. I don't mean to pry, but does every family have a cogenitor? That wouldn't be very efficient. They're only needed when a couple's trying to have a child. And when they're not? The cogenitor is assigned to another couple. They make up about 3% of our population, which 
seems to be a perfect ratio. Nature has a way of finding the right balance. Is the one I met the only one on your ship? The only one. Once Kala and I are finished with it, I doubt it'll be needed before we return home. Hmm. Would you like to take a closer look at the plasma converters? I would, thanks. So, does it live with you and your wife? We keep it in our quarters, yes. What does it do when you're not... It eats, sleeps. There's not much else for it to do. We're that sounds sure. like a lot of fun. They only serve one right. purpose. Sending them to school would make no sense. Why are you so curious about them? Humans are very curious. Yeah. You might find this difficult to believe, but this polymer is composed of over 200 naturally occurring elements. That's impossible. I read in your database that you've discovered only 92. I understand how this might seem unnerving. A lot of things <laughs> around here do, but uh, I'm trying to keep an open mind. Yeah, most polymers are, don't work like that anyway. How long will you be gone? Close to three days. The circumference is nearly a billion kilometers. We'll be scanning surface features that are undetectable from higher altitudes. Three days is a long time to be confined to such a small craft, especially with a person you've just met. I think I'll survive. These people are fascinating to Paul. They have a lot to offer us. Does it have a bathroom? That's what I want to know. This could be the beginning of a beautiful relationship, which reminds me. They've asked us for a sampling of films. I put together a few suggestions. I'll see to it. You're in charge. Of the ship or the movies? Both, T'Pol. Come on. So Trip is back in uh, engineering. Commander. Captain left yet? He'll be gone for three days. He asked that you download these films and transfer them to the Vissian's database. Did you meet their engineer? Briefly. He and his wife are trying to have a baby. How interesting. <laughs> there was someone else with them. To they Paul. call her a cogenitor. You know what that is? A third gender. Why do you call it her? She looks more like a her than a him. They treat her like a pet. Kept in a room, not taught to read or write, no name. Porthos has a name. It's not our place to judge the customs of other cultures. We're not talking about taking your shoes off when you walk into someone's house. This cogenitor is treated like one of Phlox's leeches. You pull it out of its tank when you need it, then you throw it back in. Trigender reproduction is not uncommon. That's not what I'm talking about. This is a question of human rights. They're not human. <laughs> yeah. Captain Archer hopes to develop a productive relationship with this species. Trip. It might be best be a if good you keep your opinions to yourself. That would be hard to deal with, wouldn't it? Meeting though, habits really. Are often quite uh, personal. Hmm? Some species aren't comfortable discussing them. I'm not interested in discussing their habits. I'm concerned with the way they treat this cogenitor. They're most likely one and the same. Yeah, well, that doesn't make it right. It's not a question of right or wrong. You scanned them when they came on board, don't you always do that? Yeah, they weren't carrying any pathogens that would be dangerous to our crew. 
Is there anything you can tell me about the mental capacity of this cogenitor? Is it any different than the males and females? I'm afraid I didn't take any uh, neural scans. Is that something I could do? Why would you want to? Just curious. I suppose you could. Yeah, that's the crux of it, right? Fruit you know, I mean, people domesticate so animals and, and, you know, well, pets and things, but the intelligence level is, is the key these? thing. Like, right? They have the strongest smells of anything we have on board. You said our food was aromatically bland. I thought this might change your mind. And now, uh, now Malcolm, of course, is trying to make some headway with this, uh, you know, Vissian uh, uh, woman. Nice. How about this one? The odor's a little spicier. What's it called? Stilton. Chef says it's pretty pungent. Haven't you ever tried it? Not for a long time. Here. And so she reaches I'd out. Say that's more than a little spicy. <laughs> and uh, and Malcolm, hmm. you know, takes it What's off her fingers called? here. Alsatian Munster. So he's got all these, obviously, these cheeses, and uh, don't you find it sensual? Ah, uh, <laughs> Malcolm. Let's see. I don't know which one this is. Laurel Interval, Vilo, or Kayla Larissa Laskin. There's an old Earth expression. I'll show you mine if <laughs> you show me yours. Oh, Malcolm. Your father. That's hard to imagine. The men who developed warp drive on my world lived nearly a thousand years ago. I'm surprised your ancestors never made it to Earth. We don't believe in traveling great distances. There's far too much to see close to home. Well, maybe now you have a reason to visit us. It's not that far. I'm sure we can make an exception. I'm going to take us down to the edge of the photosphere. It might get a little turbulent. Fine with me. So it's kind of interesting that this little probe mass, ship is, is, is handles the sun just as well, chamber. this hypergiant. Watch. And they don't even take their main ship down, but uh, hmm. the efficiency's up over thirty percent. It lets them uh, pretty impressive. Split their storyline too. Technology could be modified for our enterprise. We'd be very grateful. Now, we don't have any married couples on Enterprise. Do they give you special quarters? The captain's very generous. No, I wish ours was. I've got a room not half the size of this one. I'd love to get a look at your quarters sometime. If I could describe it to Captain Archer, he might consider expanding my living space. Why don't you join us for dinner tonight? You did agree to try our food. Are you telling me you have a dining room? We'll try not to prepare anything too pungent. So, uh, so now Trip is having dinner with this couple, and they're, uh... <laughs> Well, Trip's from the south, right? So he should be able to handle some spicy, you know, Cajun food. It's pretty mild considering the, um, the smell. For us, the aroma is far more important than the taste. This must have taken you all day. <sighs> if I had all day, I would have prepared a far more scented meal. 
Kala's in charge of the microgravity lab. We usually don't have much time for cooking. Will your cogenitor be joining us? It rarely eats more than one meal a day. Oh, so in our mess hall... Bringing the cogenitor to your ship was an exception. Too bad. I was hoping to say hello. Why would you want to do that? Commander Tucker is very curious about our reproductive process. <laughs> Humans are bigendered. I'll see if it's awake. Which one's the cogenitor? Right here. Her synaptic density and neural mass are almost identical to the other two. Your cogenitor appears to be no more or less intelligent than the male and female. Oh boy. I wouldn't mind taking a turn at the helm. So yeah, so Trip took some kind Our of readings while he was there. Like yours. Serendipitously. I've been watching you. I think I can handle it. Not serendipitously, that's not the right word, right? Whatever I'm trying to say, you know, without them knowing it. Serendipitously, isn't that how you say that? Yeah, that's what it is. Don't ask me to spell it. I'm a scientist, not an English major. Obviously have some experience. A little. Yeah, so archers take the, took the controls There's of the There's a pretty big flare ship. forming below us. I think I can loop around it. Let you get a better scan. It's giving off a lot of magnetic flux. It may cause false readings in the navigation sensors. I'll keep an eye on it. So by rotating the quantum inverters, you've tripled the antimatter flux. Exactly. Three more, and I'll be finished. Sort of well, interesting, though. Since this morning. If you don't mind, I'll go to your mess hall, see what they're serving. If you wait until I'm done, I'll show you how to get there. I'll be all right. I'm sure I can find a way. See you in a little while. There's nobody else on this ship, like in engineering or anything. You know, it's it's. I know they would have had to hire people, but the the, you know, it, it looks weird that the engineering is just tripping the chief engineer in there all the time in this episode. So of course he. Uh, he took a little here. detour. I came to see you. Why? I brought you this. It'll teach you how to read. So, so Trip gives her one of the Enterprise's pads, small pads. Now you try it. I don't understand. You just touch the word, then you'll hear it pronounced. Go ahead, try it. That's right. Now, go to the next one. Today we're... Good. Again? Why are you doing this? It's not right for me to read. Who told you that? You shouldn't be here. <sighs> yeah, Tripp's uh, running on the edge here. Um, You're as capable as This is are. Becky Wallstrom as as is, is the uh, co-genitor in this true. episode they as the actress. They need to have children. Well, it's not a question of what they need. She tends to keep you her eyes down ways. and to learn, to choose how you're going to live, to have a name. That may be true on your world, but not on mine. When Kala gives birth, who's going to raise the baby? Who's going to take care of it? They will. Why? You're just as crucial in creating the child as they are. You don't understand. OK, maybe. But we took scans. 
My doctor says you have the same potential as they do. The only thing that sets you apart is your gender. You're no more different than they are from each other. Haven't you ever wished you could read? It won't hurt you, you know. There's nothing to be afraid of. Now she's looking more closely at Trip, you know, her eyes up and smiling a bit. Um, the hard thing I have with this episode a little bit is if the intelligence of these um, cogenitors is the same as everyone, it's hard for me to understand that tradition would have kept them oppressed, especially the level of civilization and technology that this that this race has, you know, that these aliens have. Today we're going to read. I have a hard time understanding that, you know, you'd... Roddenberry's kind of ideals and model would think that that would not be the place or happen. But I could take us down a little closer. You know, if you'd Star like. Trek tends to do Another that. Another ten thousand meters, and I'll be able to get a particle count of the photosphere. Aye, aye, Captain. Ten thousand meters, it is. Are you all right? Absolutely. If you can keep us at this altitude a little while longer, no problem. Are these armed with photonic warheads? Photonic? I'm not familiar with that. I'm afraid our weapons are somewhat more sophisticated than yours. This technology must seem pretty antiquated to you. Where I come from, antiquated can be very quaint. Is that how you see us? Quaint. And charming. <laughs> what sort of power source do these use? Cerium microcells. I suppose that's very quaint too. Not at all. We charge our weapons the same way. Maybe you'd like to see the face cannon assembly. Please. Sure, just show every little critical system on Enterprise to the aliens you just met. That's why not. Especially if they look uh, look like this, right? It has multi-phasic emitters and a maximum yield of 80 gigajoules. Impressive. I'm sorry, so cramped in here. Don't be. I wanted to get a little closer to you all day. Really? I was hoping to spend some intimate time with you. Maybe we could sleep together tonight. <laughs> Malcolm bonks his head on the beam. It's customary to ask a woman to dinner first before spending the night with her. It's very different on Visia. It's only when a woman enjoys her intimate time with a man that she'll join him for dinner. The Didiron mountain range runs through the upper plains of the great continent. Amazing. The text describes far more impressive peaks. I don't mean the mountains, I mean your reading. The fauna and flora vary greatly on either side of the central plateau. Look how much you've accomplished in a single day. And reading's just the tip of the iceberg. You yeah, that, that is pretty impressive, actually. History, science, engineering's not bad. You don't have to sit in this room all day. They would never let me learn those things. Then you've got to convince them. It's not just learning, it's, it's experiencing things. Music, swimming in the ocean. Do you have oceans on your planet? Yes. And how about those Ditteron Mountains? Reading about them is one thing, climbing them is another. 
I'd like to climb a mountain. There you go. That... That's the right attitude. You keep at it. I've got to get back. They think I'm at the astrometrics lab. But I'll see you as soon as I can. Trip. Yeah? I'd like my name to be Trip, just like yours. Actually, my name's Charles. Then I would like my name to be Charles. I'm flattered. Trip would have made a little bit more sense, right? In a way, you know, she's the, a flare the, forming the third gender. I don't see it. You will. Turn the axis 40 degrees to port. I think we can bank around it. It's too big. Take us up. Try to get over it. We're not going to make it. Increase speed. It won't be enough. What are you doing? If you can't get over a wave, you got to dive through it. Yeah, that's true. I've done that. Where did you learn to do that? North Shore of Oahu. Body surfing. I think it's time you took the helm back. So Trip uh, managed to bring the cogenitor over to the Enterprise. Would you be punished if they find out you've brought me here? Punished? No. But they might get a little angry. I would be punished. Maybe I should take you back. No, no, I want to see more. Okay. We'll just have to be sure no one spots us. This is our transporter. It turns things into a matter string that can be sent just about anywhere within 2,000 kilometers or so. Then it gets reassembled. Could it send a Vissian? I don't see why not. I'd like to try. I don't think that would be a good idea. Could I see where you work? Sure. Follow me. Oh, oh, trip. Oh, trip. Both ships seem to be pretty empty, you know. Although, although he did go through some uh, back, like, corridor and areas that he knows of the ship. Jeffrey's tubes, things like that to get the engineering. That's our main engine. Fastest one in Starfleet. I've had it up to warp 5.1. I think my ship has something like this, but I've never seen it. <sighs> Your ship has an engine that's a lot more sophisticated than this one. Do you live here? Uh, no. My quarters are on B-deck. Have you ever seen a movie? It's not easy picking a movie for somebody who's never seen one before. What would you think about a Western? No, not a Western. I don't think a musical would be right either. Got it. The day the Earth stood still. 
Nothing like a little science fiction to break you in. It's a story about your planet. Yeah, but it's fiction. The Earth never really stood still. Sit down. You're gonna love this. Why were the humans so afraid of Klaatu and his android? Before we made first contact with the Vulcans, the people of Earth were pretty violent. Had a hard time trusting things they didn't understand. And the characters in the film knew nothing about Klaatu, who he was, where he came from. So, they tried to kill him. I understand. Does this mean I've won? They're playing a board game no now. No one's beaten me at this in the last two years. <laughs> Tell me about westerns. Maybe I could watch a western next. It's getting late. We better get you back before they realize you're gone. I've been told you're no longer welcome aboard the Vissian ship. Why? I wasn't exactly where I was supposed to be. No, you weren't. You told them you were going to the astrometrics lab. They tried to contact you, but you weren't there. Then they tried their mess hall. You weren't there either. I was with the cogenitor. Where? At first in her quarters. Actually, they're not her quarters. They belong to the chief engineer and his wife. She gets a room to sleep in, and if she's real good, she can use her living space. Why were you there? I'm teaching her how to read. Her education is not your concern. What education? Where else did you go? I brought her here. Gave her a little tour, showed her a movie. It appears you're doing everything you can to undermine the captain's wishes. One day. That's all it took her. In one day, she was reading a geography text. First contacts are important to the captain. You may very well have damaged this one irreparably. You're not listening to a word I'm saying. Yeah, it, it makes sense, you know, Trip's, Trip's always been a little, uh, you know, he'll react quicker. Uh-oh. <clears throat> now the cogenitor is aboard. I didn't see it. Enterprise and comes to see You're engineering. They don't want to help me. They don't want me to climb mountains. Don't worry. They will. Give it time. They're angry with you. They'll leave as soon as our captain returns. They won't help me, but you can. I want to stay here, please. Uh-oh. Yeah. Sanctuary. Give me sanctuary. And now the captain comes back, Archer both Enterprise. captains, and things aren't so good. That was one hell of a ride. I'll tell you about it in a couple of hours. We've got a lot of data to download into their computers. I think it would be best if you come back immediately, sir. There's been an incident. Oh boy. Now our turn to Paul are there with Trip in his uh, ready room. Where is she? It's not exactly a she, sir. Where? In my quarters. How long ago did this happen? Last night. 
after supper. They demanded that she be returned immediately. I did exactly what you do, Captain. It's not like I had much choice. I wasn't going to. Would you excuse us, Sub Commander? I might have expected something like this from a first-year recruit, but not you. You did exactly what I'd do? If that's true, then I've done a pretty lousy job setting an example around here. You're a senior officer on this ship. You're privy to the moral challenges I've had to face. You know I've wrestled with the fine line between doing what I think is right and interfering with other species. So don't tell me you know what I would have done when I don't even know what I would have done. I didn't think it would hurt to teach her how to read. Then you didn't think hard enough. We're out here to meet new species, not tell them what to do. Teaching her to read is no different than you giving them books or movies. Giving them books is a lot different than suggesting they defy their culture. And they asked me for the books. Did she ask you to teach her how to read? No, sir. And sneaking into her quarters, bringing her on Enterprise, lying about where you were going, why? Come with me. You don't understand, I can't go back. Just until we resolve this. Tripp said I have the same rights as they do. It's not our place to tell you what rights you have. I'm sorry. Are you going to force me to leave? Some men can work together for years without creating the friendship and bond that we did in only two days. I'm certain we can resolve this. I'm afraid it may not be that simple. On my world, when someone asks for asylum, it has to be given serious consideration. We're not on your world, and I doubt whether this person truly understood what your engineer was suggesting. I've been told this person is just as capable of understanding as any of you are. Why are we debating this? The cogenitor belongs on our ship. Or are you suggesting my wife and I abandon our plans to have a child? I've been asked to give sanctuary to someone who believes she's been treated unfairly. I can't ignore that. Where are the ones being treated unfairly? Do you know how long we've waited to be given a cogenitor? Given? You sound like you're talking about some inanimate object. You have no right to judge us. You know nothing about our culture. What if one of your stewards, the men who are forced to serve you food, what if they should ask us for asylum? They're not forced to do anything. I apologize. But it's easy to misunderstand someone when you know nothing about their culture. Yeah, it's good. You good points on all sides. You can't expect to ignore someone when they ask for my protection. We're in no rush to leave. Take your time. Consider I, what we've said. I appreciate the uh, the other captain being, you know, a pretty reasonable guy for a change, which is good. It's a sticky situation, you know. What do you do? They have their ways, you know. 
the humans and the Federation have, have others. Misgivings. You've made the right choice. So they're in Trip's quarters. They're listening to some music. Come in. And they don't even, even really need to say anything. Just Archer's, you know, the way he looks as he walks in basically means she has to go back. Captain Archer? I'm afraid Shakespeare only wrote 36 plays. So it might be best if you take your time memorizing them. By all means. I hope yesterday's unfortunate incident won't interfere with future relations between our people. You sure you don't have an extra stratopod you could spare? I'm sure your Starfleet will develop one soon enough. Goodbye, Captain. Safe journey. Time to say goodbye to the Hypergiant. Prepare to get underway, Travis. So Archer's in his quarters now. There's a call coming in from the Vissian captain, sir. He sounds upset. Put him through. Come in. You want to see me, Captain? I was just told that the Vissian cogenitor died. What? How? Suicide trip. She killed herself. That can't be. Why? my fault. I'm responsible. You're damn right you are. It's not just her. There's a child who won't be conceived because of this. At least not for a long while. It's time you learned to weigh the possible repercussions of your actions. You've always been impulsive. Maybe this will teach you a lesson. I understand. Do you? I'm not so sure you do. You knew you had no business interfering with those people, but you just couldn't let it alone. You thought you were doing the right thing. I might agree if this was Florida or Singapore, but it's not, is it? We're in deep space and a person is dead. A person who'd still be alive if we hadn't made first contact. I guess I haven't been very successful at getting through to you. If I had, you would have fought a lot harder before doing what you did. You're not responsible. 
Jam. Yeah, so not not a uh, happy ending by any means, right? Uh, I do admire them going for it and making this uh, kind of a um, situation where they didn't shy away. I had to turn that off before next Netflix switched to the next episode. Um, yeah, this is a hard one, really, when you think about it. I mean, did Trip, you know... Of course, hindsight now, he would say, like, oh, he should have not done what he did. But, you know, you can understand you, he saw someone, you know, that was basically oppressed, you know, treated almost like a slave. And, you know, the earth is, certainly has history there. And then, you know, he tries to do something, tries to help, and, and then it all turns out poorly. It also really, I think, drives home the whole prime directive point. Um, and, and Star Trek's, you know, wrestled with the Prime Directive, all the different series. You know, Kirk used to pretty much toss it out the window, you know, a fair amount of the time. But uh, but the, uh, you know, more um, uh, more recent Trek series have realized that, you know, there are consequences for doing things like that. There are consequences to giving aid to, to you know, things you don't understand or places, people, whatever. Um, and, and it's, you know, it's, it, it, it just shows there's probably not a perfect solution. Uh, you, if things, you know, this episode could have been done differently, they could have just taken the cogenitor with them. It wouldn't have really solved anything with the, the planet, the way these, um, this third, uh, uh, this third gender was being treated, but you know, they, there's a lot of different ways they could have handled it. And, and I admire again, like I said, the way they did, you know, it would have been, um, it was pretty hard hitting, really, that, that just a little while after she she learns what she could do and what she's capable of, she, I'm just saying, or the cogenitor, then they, um, you know, without that, without any hope, the uh, cogenitor takes uh, their life, and, and it's just, you know, sad, really. I mean, is the only way to put it, but uh, strong episode, a good episode, I think. Uh, and bring makes you think some things, and it makes you think about, um, you know, of course, you know, Star Trek always tries to make commentary on modern society, and you know, modern society with with different um, different people these days of of different uh, you know transgender, and you know, the obvious things, you know, there there I don't even need to say it, but there there's there's a lot of um, room to grow, and let's say accept. Uh, of other types of people and, and other types of things. Not at all really like a, you know, cogenitor like in this species that was, you know, treated like like this. But uh, interesting episode, good episode, like I said, strong episode, and a, and a really good one from season two uh, for Enterprise. I think one of the, one of their better ones. Uh, one of the better ones overall, and certainly one of the better ones from their early seasons. So, all right, I'm going to take a very, very short break. I will come back. We'll wrap up today's podcast. It's been a long road getting from there to here. No, it really hasn't. <laughs> no, we're not singing that again. Yes, it's been a long. No, Jen. 
I don't think you understand. We're not ever, ever singing that again. Look what we've created. A monster. A monster, I tell you. He keeps playing it. I know. He likes it. People like us. They think it's funny. I know it is very funny. But that's not all we are. But my time is Okay. (laughs) This is Angela. And that's Jen. (laughs) And you've been listening to Trex and Sci-Fi. With our friend Rico. We forgot to say we're from the Anomaly Podcast. Doe. (laughs) Crap. All right, everyone. I am back, and I hope you enjoyed that look at that Enterprise episode, Cogenitor. I thought it was a good one, and I enjoyed covering it, playing it, watching it. Uh, You know, Enterprise is a great show. Uh, I I wish it had had a longer run. I wish people had been watching. Uh, They did some strong episodes, great cast. And very well done, just as good as any other Trek series. Um, let's see. Uh, upcoming on the podcast next weekend, Mark will be here. He's going to take a second look at uh, a great um, a great sci-fi cult classic film called This Island Earth. Uh, and I will be back in two weeks. I'm going to do a, a vidcast, I think, in two weeks, where I'm going to give us a little preview of all the summer movies coming. Uh, run those down a little bit for you guys. So uh, that'll be in a couple of weeks. Uh, three weeks out, uh, it'll be a guest cast. Got to get someone for that show. Uh, what else did I want to cover? Uh, oh, uh, you can always support the podcast, patreon.com forward slash treks and sci-fi. Uh, you can find videos, uh, that I've done vidcasts and things from conventions and other vidcasts over on Vimeo, V-I-M-E-O.com forward slash Trekkie. And there's, uh, of course, the Facebook group for treks and sci-fi facebook page for treks and sci-fi so uh, and all that good stuff join us over there uh especially in the group we have some good uh good discussions and talk about recent tv and movies and so forth and uh lots of stuff going on in the world of, of sci-fi it looks like i see I'm, my entertainment weekly magazine i just got looks like uh westworld uh will be back uh, with season two in a month or two gonna be a lot of springs good spring um tv stuff to watch uh, we've got Westworld, like I mentioned earlier, Lost in Space, Jessica Jones Season 2, and, of course, all the spring-summer movies coming. Uh, as as it seems to be the case these days, there's just too much good content. Uh, unlike uh, a long time ago when, you know, we, we hardly had any geeky things to watch, uh, reruns of Star Trek and, and the original, uh, you know, trilogy of Star Wars films was pretty much it. Uh, so... Uh, and and older shows like reruns of uh, you know Lost in Space, like I was mentioning earlier. So, uh, okay, folks, uh, I'm gonna get out of here. I hope you enjoyed this show. Uh, fun to do another uh, standard classic style Treks and Sci-Fi podcast. Been a long time since I've been able to do that, and uh, we're back in in that business. And I think what I'm gonna probably try to do eventually, um, probably later, maybe start in the summer, maybe fall. I'm going to go back, I think, I believe, and start slipping in covering uh, Star Trek Discovery episodes one at a time, Uh, maybe play the whole episode even. Uh, I wanted to get everyone a chance to watch the show first before I really delve deep into those episodes. I didn't want to come out and talk too much in in huge detail. Uh, You can always go, I think, uh, I've seen a few people doing it. If you didn't watch the episodes, just go over to CBS All Access now, sign up for a one-week free trial, and you can watch the whole uh, 15 episode season binge it in a week and uh, which which I don't recommend as being the best way to watch that show or a lot of shows I feel I feel like you need a little have a little gap between episodes but uh, you know what would that be like two episodes a day 
nah, that's not too bad. Uh, but um, very well worth watching, and you can watch it for free, at least in the U.S. I know it's on different things in different countries outside of the U.S. I always think most of the people listening to the podcast are from the U.S., but I know there are a lot of people outside of the U.S. listening as well. So, Okay, folks, uh, take care of yourselves. Uh, hopefully it's getting the weather is better if you're in a wintry state. I know our winter has been up and down. We had some nice weather, and then we got another blast of snow again last week, uh, which is kind of depressed me. <laughs> Not really depressed, but just kind of like, oh, I kind of looked out and went, oh, yeah, it was really weird. We were in having like 50-degree days Fahrenheit, and uh, all the snow had pretty much been gone. And then we got about well, about 8 or 9 inches the other day, and, and most of that's still sitting here. Uh, although the weather is not too bad. We're probably around upper 30s, 40 Fahrenheit, which to some people might sound terrible, but the sun is out. At least it's above freezing. So, uh, all right, take care. I will talk to you guys again soon. Bye-bye. This has been a Rick Dusty podcast production.